This week is Parshas Balak, and this is going to be our final installment of the to- on the topic of kashrus in the kitchen. This is our ninth um, shear on this topic. Um, I think we could actually give a couple more, but in any case, the next couple of weeks we're going to be doing the three weeks, the nine days, and uh, after that we'll change topics. I'm open to suggestions if anybody's interested in in, uh, in any particular topic. <coughs> the for this segment, what we will talk about is <clears throat> how to keep and cashier ovens, um, ranges, and microwaves. As I'm getting a lot of these questions now as people are going away for the summer and they often want to utilize the oven or the microwave in the place that they find themselves and they want to know what they can do to use it. So we're going to talk about it as it pertains to one's own kitchen and if you go away and you want to use a, uh, a trafe, microwave, or oven. So let's begin with the range because that's the easiest, right? The top, the the stove top. Uh, it's the easiest cashless wise, and the reason is is because we have a rule that taste or tam, as it's referred to in halacha, can't transfer from the range to the pot that's on top of it, Be- without because there's no fluid, there's no liquid in between them. In other words, the way that taste is typically transferred is that you have a pot full of liquid of anything, of water, let's say, a milchige pot, and you have a meat spoon, a fleshige spoon, and you stick it into the milchige pot. So here you have the meat spoon and the milchige pot interacting with fluid, with liquid. So the taste comes out of one and goes into the other, and vice versa, comes out of the spoon and goes into the pot because it has liquid that's making that happen. But let's say you take that same spoon, and instead of sticking it in the pot, you just tap the outside of the pot with it, nothing would happen because tra- taste doesn't transfer from one utensil, one, dev- one item to another cle- another vessel unless there's fluid involved. So simply putting the pot on top of the range is really no problem at all and you could do it even on a trafer range. Certainly there's no reason to be careful with milchig and fleishigs. You don't have to, it's a nice thing to do, but you don't have to designate like part of your range for milchig and part of your range for fleishig because essentially no taste gets transferred when a pot sits on top of a range. Now, um, <clears throat> even and even when the let's say the pot overflows, like sometimes that happens, and especially let's say you're making macaroni, pot can bubble over and overflow, and the water goes down the side. So you're thinking, okay, now there is water in between the range and the pot. That's too little. It has to be like I was saying, you know, a pot full of water, and you stick a spoon in for the taste to be able to transfer. Just a little bit of liquid won't do it. <clears throat> so now by Pesach we all know we kasher our range, right? The reason is because Pesach has a special chumrah, like many other things in Elchus Pesach, and this is one of them that on Pesach we could say that no, even two kalim that touch each other, even without liquid, they can still transfer taste. When it comes to Pesach, we kind of overlook all these leniencies, and we say, you know, everything is a problem. So that's why we have to kasher them, um, when you could kasher them, and the glass top ranges can't be kashered, so that remains to be uh, that that's always an issue. So this is all true. So in a pinch, if you're in a, a house that has a tray for range, you're in a, a non-Jewish house, you can take your kosher pot and cook macaroni on that tray for range, even doing nothing, no kashering at all. That's really halachically permitted. Now we still don't like to use things that are trafe, even though it's only touching the outside of our pot. So if you have the option of cashering it, you should, but it happens to be the easiest thing to cashier. Uh, if it's electric, you just turn it on, you let it become red hot. And if it's gas, then ideally what you do is put it into the oven uh, and turn on the oven. You know, if you're cashering the oven, you could do it together with that, or either way, have the oven on high for 
um, 10, 15 minutes, and that's enough. So then that's enough to kasher it. So l'chachila, you should kasher it, but really, if you're in a rush, you re- it's like not even that kind of l'chachila. If you're in a rush, you can really use it as is, without any kashering at all, because again, no taste transfers from the range to your pot. So that's the, that's the easiest thing to use, and likewise, it's the easiest thing when it comes to your own kitchen. You don't really have to be careful when it comes to the stovetop, the range, and the grates. <clears throat> Now, as far as the oven is concerned, let's talk about uh, first renting, right? So if you're renting an apartment with a tray for oven, so obviously the best option is to self-clean, because then you don't have to worry about it being clean, cleaning it out, and making sure there's nothing in it. The self-clean will burn out everything. So if it has self-clean, you can just do that, if that's an option, if you have time to do that. Now, if not, then what you could do is you just turn the oven on to the highest it goes for 45 minutes, and that also will cashier out the oven sufficiently. Again, you should look into it, make sure it's not covered with grime and grease, or you might not want to use it anyway, <laughs> but uh, regardless, if it's re- reasonably clean, then um, you can just to do that. You turn it on to the highest, and and uh, for 45 minutes, and it's good. Now, if you can't do that either, if you don't have time for that, or you don't want to do that, another thing you can do is you can cover the food that you put in there. And that's fine, even though it's a tray for oven. You can cover the food. It doesn't have to be a double covering. As long as it's covered well, so if you put it in a 9 by 13 and you cover it with silver foil well, it can even you can even do it in a tray for oven, and that won't be a problem. And the same rule applies when you're switching from dairy to meat in your oven in your kitchen. Ideally, what you need to do is you need to burn it out. Um, so you have to do this 45-minute burning out in between dairy and meat. And you can do it simply by leaving the oven on. You turn, you know, after you finished uh, taking out the meat, for example, just leave it on and leave it on for 45 minutes and it'll be kashered. Um, but here, too, covering helps. So if you have a fleshig oven, you can put in milchig stuff as long as it's covered. If you have a milchig oven, you can put in fleshig things as long as it's covered. If the only thing you put in it was covered, then it never became fleshig in the first place, and etc. So covering is something that always works. And again, it doesn't have to be a double covering. A single covering is sufficient. And another exception to the whole problem of ovens is when something is dry. Now, most things that we call fleshigs are not dry, like meat, uh, chicken... Um, and uh, in, in Milchig also, uh, lasagna and ziti, even pizza probably, are considered things that are, um, they're considered things that are, are, they produce steam and they produce what's known as zea. So those will make your oven Milchig or fleshig. But again, you can put in something uh, covered. But if, let's say, what you did is something dry, like for example, let's say you have a meat knish, it's full of meat, but it's surrounded by dough, so that's dry then that will not make your oven fleshig, and even if your oven is milchig, you can put that in uncovered. Um, likewise, if you have a fleshig oven, you can put in cookies, they won't become fleshig. So as long as the thing is really dry, then um, there's no problem of milchig fleshig. So the two exceptions to the whole milchig fleshig thing is if it's covered, you don't have to worry either way, and if it's something that's dry, you don't have to wor- wor- uh, worry either way. Otherwise, you need to kasher it out with this 45-minute burning out process in between milking and fleshing, and it also works for treif. So you could do that when you go to a non-Jewish apartment, and you could do that in order to be able to use their oven. When talking about a microwave, so now let's start actually with um, your own kitchen. What typically will happen in your own kitchen is that you have a fleshing microwave, and someone makes a mistake and heats up milk in the fleshing microwave, or for the vice versa, a milking microwave, someone heats up a piece of chicken. So over there, you could kasher it. And the way you kasher it is you take a bowl of water, you put it in, you let it go for five minutes, it steams up, then you move the bowl of water to a different position in the microwave, and you do it for another five minutes, and you're good to go. 
this is the only situation where I'm comfortable with cashering a microwave, and because it was just a one-time deal. In other words, this is one thing that happened, that you, you heated up milk, so it's only one time, so the cashering is fine. But the when you know for Pesach, for example, or a trafe microwave, I'm uncomfortable um, cashering it because the, the the residue of the chametz, as far as Pesach is concerned, or trafe, really gets collected and caught into the little holes that are the venting of the microwave, and you can't really clean it. So it's not you can't be comfortable that you you cleaned it well enough that it should be able to be cashable. So therefore. Uh, it's not so advisable to use a tray for microwave or a microwave when you're in a hotel room. But again, what you could do is cover it. That works here too. So you can put something in um, that, as long as it's well covered, obviously don't use silver foil in a microwave, but you can put something into a plastic bag and you can even leave, leave a little hole so that steam can ex- escape and you don't have an explosion in your microwave. That's also fine. So you can leave a little space for steam to, expa- to escape as long as it's mostly covered. And then you can use the microwave again. It doesn't have to be a double covering, and that's sufficient. And that's a, a good way to use the microwave in when you're traveling or you're you're on vacation. You can use it when with with things that are covered. And that wraps up our our um, series on kashrus in the kitchen. And Mir um, next week we're going to start with the halachas of Shavasa Batam of uh, three weeks and nine days. This. Together with the Shabbos sheet, I believe, was sent out a sheet that I wrote up past years of the halachas of Shavasa Batamas and of, um, of the three weeks. So uh, for, the, for the upcoming week, you can refer to that. And then next week, Bez Hashem, we'll talk about it more. Ba'arichus.